I hear that uh, the new Justice League movie was revamped. It's uh, the the Schneider cut. I don't really want to watch it because I have no idea what cured meats have to do with superheroes. So, So, uh, Zack Schneider... (laughs) <laughs> the heir to the Schneider throne. Yeah, I hear he makes good So Zack Snyder is a director who's yeah. been pretty big for a few decades now. And he also owns a ham company. You really fixated on the ham here. <laughs> um, Zack Snyder is a director. He uh, he directed the uh, Batman vs. Superman film. Oh, that was a good one. I remember. Yeah, it was <laughs> Two hours it of was filler. Not. It was good shit. But the thing is... This one is four hours long and, like, really good. And does it take place in, like, the 1800s at, like, an old butcher shop that they call (laughs) Schneider's Cuts? Um... Is that where Schneider's came from? Is that, it, is it, might, this the be, it might be a deleted story? scene. Might be a deleted scene. Uh, I don't remember seeing that. It's a young Zack Schneider working at his dad's butcher shop. And his friends come in and they're like, yo, we just saw that revamped Star Wars scene you uploaded to YouTube. It was so good. You had such a vision. And he's like <laughs> chopping away at the pork. And he's like, you know what? Mm. You're right. I can be doing more, Dad. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he's moving away from Schneider's to make movies. And then he changed his last name slightly to <laughs> Snyder. And now it's a Snyder cut and his dad always is down in whiskey at home in his underpants like fuck you son you're not my <laughs> son anymore opened up a competing shop across the street from his dad's <laughs> schneider cuts and now it's snyder cuts and they're competing for the throne mm. of the meats <laughs> he's done with meats he's done with meats <laughs> he's done with meats yes you're telling he... me i can't go to the store and get some schneider bologna right now <laughs> you can well, Jack just said he's done with meats. Caleb, usually I love dad humor. Like, I absolutely love it. This has gone on too long. Um, you, you Could you say it's granddad humor? Shut your beautiful face. <laughs> Caleb, I'm going to fucking come to you. I'm going to end you. I'm going to end you so you can never do this again to anyone. Did you know for that whole movie he had a mustache and they had to CG it off? You could say Schneider cut it off. Yep, you sure could. Why can't Superman just grow a mustache? Because he comes back from the dead. So if he came back from the dead with a mustache after he died without a mustache, it would be kind of weird. Well, don't you think Jesus awoke from the tomb and walked out? Had a thicker beard. (laughs) Had a thicker beard and everybody's like, you just been chilling in there, Jesus? (laughs) Okay, so he had just the mustache, right? right? So, like, were you, like keeping it trim during your your death like <laughs> like are you like like i i could see jesus having a bigger beard after the three days it was yeah. only three days though it wasn't like months and okay. he didn't have it trimmed into a nice little mustache <laughs> <laughs> people would be like what you've been doing with your time jc's <laughs> yeah but superman has the time he's got super speed right he ran to the store and was like oh i got a beard i can't do that and as he was shaving it like in super speed he was like Wow, that looks pretty good. And he just left his mustache. You can explain anything. It's any, a Schneider cut, baby. <laughs> any person who watched and liked that film and is also listening to this is dying a little inside. <laughs> That's the point. Okay. Guys, the ham didn't get enough attention. We need more ham in our show. I've I've had some reviews and here one star on iTunes needs more ham. <laughs> So yeah. I'm just listening. I hope that's not true. But like, <laughs> hey, please go out, make some reviews, check out our other platforms. Well, yeah. after this episode, it's going to say five star has enough ham. Coming back uh, for another fun episode of Anime Not Be for Everyone. We got another banger coming in this week. Today it's actually Caleb that's going to be running the show. I know, you're shocked. It's it's episode 10, baby. We got to do something fun. (laughs) We also got over 500 listeners. Now, some people might be out there being like, oh, that's not that much. And you're not wrong, but we're excited about it. So whoop! 
But when collectively as a group you have five friends, 500 listeners is pretty great. It's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's accurate. But anyway, I'm, I'm Caleb. I'm not a fan of anime. But today I'm talking about something that's kind of anime. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm Brody, uh, fan of the Toronto Raptors when they're doing well. If they're not, I could care less about basketball. <laughs> right. It's just when they're doing well, then I act like I've supported them the entire season. I saw a Raptors game in theaters. I was that supportive. But let me tell you, it was the first Raptors game I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> in theaters? Yeah, they had the finale last NBA season in a theater for some reason. But it was pretty cool. Um, I'm so thrown. Was it live? <laughs> yes, it was live. And get this, Zack Schneider made a cut of it. Just the dunks. Just the dunks. <laughs> Only the action. And that one player who has that thick mustache did not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Zach. Oh my god. I'm here to listen to some anime. Talk about some Nickelodeon gack. <laughs> Just enjoy this wholesome riot we're about to... Just bring me back to gack, Dave. Oh, you better not bring answer that wrong, Selena gack Gomez. City, <laughs> where the gack is green and the girls are pretty... Gak, gak. Right. Take me to a shower right now, you piece of shit. I didn't agree to this. Call my lawyer. <laughs> You've got gacked. <laughs> what you got for us this week? So we decided that every few episodes, like 10 episodes or so, well, I mean exactly 10 episodes, I, w- I will lead an anime discussion. Oh, I had air quotes here. Based on but... how this goes. I mean, don't Yeah, get... we'll see. This is my trial run. We'll see. But again, my whole plot in this, sh- in this show is that I don't like anime. So this is them edging their way into my world. This is my first exposure uh, to something anime-related. Edge me right in. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. Yeah, so I decided I would watch one of the most beloved shows that is anime, what I call anime adjacent adjacent and so it's inspired by japanese animation but it absolutely isn't considered anime um and that is avatar the last airbender that's the one with the blue people right the blue cat people i actually have written in my notes here do not confuse it with avatar (laughs) (laughs) i can't wait for the sex scene with their hair tails yeah oh man that always gets me Just a little Randy. And then he immediately hops on his horse afterwards. And And does the same thing with the horse. Wait a minute. (laughs) He connects the tail of the horse with his ponytail. You're like, what are you doing to that horse, bro? Get off that horse. You're sick. (laughs) And he does dragons. It's it's a disturbing film. But now every time I see hair, I'm just, oh, I get get there, man. (laughs) You're a hairy dude, too, so that must be a problem. Yeah. Okay. So the last Airbender was a live a live action 2010 movie, uh, and this is the movie that I watched to review. Oh, okay, I'm kidding. No, that this original show was released in 2005 by Nickelodeon. It was a cartoon. It had very oh, lighthearted goodness. themes while also tackling stuff that was more. Uh, dark like genocide <laughs> for example uh-huh. but it was a kid's show but I, I, watching it as an adult it still seems uh like it holds up pretty well in 2010 m night Shyamalan actually re-released it as a live action movie and since this was the most one of the most beloved shows of all time uh apparently he did it horribly and now it is critically reviewed as one of the worst movies of all time <laughs> so oh, i yeah. decided i would stay away from that i don't know if either of you guys have seen that movie and could uh jump in but still oh i've fucking seen it bud <laughs> yeah you i fucking theaters? i've i've watched i've watched the anime adjacent show and i've watched the uh the movie and i did watch it in theaters yeah. and to have like 50 to 60 other people's souls be crushed uh, oh, same same at the same it's, time. <laughs> it's 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 a magical experience that you rarely get to experience uh especially because like m night Shyamalan is not a bad director and he has no. such good source material and then just does does the show bad he does it dirty okay so i gotta introduce this world and what better way to do that than to just every episode has a great <laughs> little introduction oh, beautiful spiel. Fire. Air. My grandmother used to tell me stories about the old days, a time of peace, when the Avatar kept balance between the Water Tribes, Earth Kingdom, Fire Nation, and Air Nomads. But that all changed when the Fire Nation attacked. He said the thing. He said the thing. 
Avatar mastered all four elements. Only he could stop the ruthless firebenders. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. Some people believe that the Avatar was never reborn into the Air Nomads and that the cycle is broken. But I haven't lost hope. I still believe that somehow, the Avatar will return to save the world. <laughs> well, that got my juices flowing. Yeah, right? It, You've never watched it, right, Zach? I have not. Yeah, what's? Oh, I yeah. want to know what your exposure is to it. You haven't seen anything of it? I know he's got a blue arrow on his head. Is that yeah. because he's the Avatar, or does he have a birthmark? No, that's not. It's a, it's a tattoo for monks of the Air Tribe. Now, so so in general, this this it shows a map in the introduction, but there's like different colonies, pretty much of this Earth, that are controlled by different elemental groups. Let's say, so in, in general, that is water, fire, earth, and air, um, and they all lived in peace to begin with, and then of course, fire being oh, fire's bad, right? Yeah, of course they're going to do this. Uh, they turn against everybody else and they try to dominate the entire world. So the whole the story starts 100 years after the war started in the Water Tribe. So each tribe, as they come up, I will explain like kind of where they're rooted in. So the Water Tribe is definitely rooted in like Inuit culture. It's um, I think you might be wrong because in the movie they're all white. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the problem, right? They changed everything. But they're super, super Native American. Huh. Now that I'm thinking about it, I guess you're right. Huh. <laughs> I wonder if M. Night Shyamalan ever watched the fucking show. Huh. <laughs> you picked that up in 30 minutes. M. Night Shyamalan ruined an entire generation! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we start with two teenagers uh, in the southern ice village, I guess, or the southern ice tribe. Or, yeah, it's water, ice, whatever. They use both. Wrong side um, of the but... train river. <laughs> <laughs> but they are floating through the water, like fishing so there's katara which is a, a young girl who is very like uh, she's confident she's competent she seems to have a good head on her shoulders hardworking. Oof, the dream <laughs> she's like 15 years old so don't get ahead of yourself oh, okay well, sorry and then you got her older brother so Sokka or soka or whatever Sopa. however you say his name <clears throat> but he is kind of He's protective of her. He's very protective. He doesn't have any waterbending powers, but he wants to do right by his tribe. He wants to become like a warrior and help fight, even though he's got no special gifts. Um, although he is kind of cocky and a little bit sexist, you find out like immediately because he's telling Katara to go home and make dinner or whatever. <laughs> he's like, you shouldn't even be out here. You're kind of weird because you can do waterbending. He's making fun of her. Oh. Jealous. Yeah. In that instance, Katara gets very mad because she's super progressive and she's like, what did you just say to me? And she freaks out and actually like smashes an iceberg behind her into pieces. But out of nowhere, for some reason, there is a, a piece of ice that looks different. This giant iceberg that floats to the surface. And guess what? It's got a boy in it <gasps> and he's frozen in there and they see him and they're like, oh man, he's dead. Like what, what's going on here? And then his eyes start to glow and you're like, oh shoot, he's not dead. So they run up and start hammering at the ice and they're trying to break him free and let him out. Uh, and then it just explodes and this giant beam of light shoots up into the air. This little boy pops out and he is like all intents and purposes. He's a little boy. He's like 11 or 12 years old. And his name is Ong, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to call him Ong from now on, because that's definitely how you pronounce it. But no, it, his name is Ang. It's Ang, and that's how they pronounce it in the show. But in the movie, for some reason, they all say Ong. <laughs> they never watched a single episode. It feels like it. <laughs> yeah. So either way, he's super cheery. The first thing he says when he wakes up like from this weird explosion, they're like, are you all right? And he's like, hey, you want to go penguin sledding with me? And he's just all cheery and like weird. And I don't know, even know what that friggin' means. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it immediately shows you that, oh, he's a little boy, right? But this little boy's also, he's bald. He's got, as Zach said earlier, this blue arrow pointing down on his, his forehead, right? And that is indicative of like monk culture, almost like derived from like Tibetan cultures, which is where the air nomads come from. So the air tribe. So they immediately go, whoa, are you an airbender? And he sneezes and flies like 20 feet in the air. And he's like, oh, yeah, I am, <laughs> right? <laughs> Frozen in the ice with him is this <laughs> giant freaking bison, okay? 
Zach, this might sound weird if you've never seen pictures of it, but it's this big white bison that also has a blue arrow pointing down on its head. Oh, fun. And oh. Is it good at swimming or something? Like, why was he in the ocean with it? Yeah, no, it's a flying bison. What? Yeah, and by flying, it means it just kind of floats. It looks like magic. <laughs> okay, so this is a giant creature that they can all get on the back of, and it flies around. So they they boat back to the village, and they're like, hey, we found an airbender. Look at him. And you find out that all of the old people, or not old people, but like competent adults in the village are gone. They're off fighting the war. So literally, you have the elders, little children, and then Katara and Sokka who are there like as like the people in command almost at this point. Um, But of course they're like, let's let him stay. He doesn't know where he is. He's an airbender. He must be the last airbender because everybody knows airbenders are dead. You said the thing. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They actually do go in penguin sled at this point, which just means they literally grab a penguin and sit on it and slide down a hill. (laughs) Of course. Club penguin had a game where you go down a hill. But it was a penguin in an inner tube. (laughs) Which is kind of ridiculous if you think about that. Why not just use your belly, jackass? Yeah. (laughs) You're a fucking penguin. (laughs) Oh, man. So they are penguin sledding. They come across an old frozen boat. It's this giant industrialized looking ship. Okay. And you're like, whoa, that's at a place in this world, kind of. And you find out she mentions that's a Fire Nation ship. So Uh, this is where I'll introduce uh the Fire Nation a little bit. They're kind of, they're definitely based on Imperial Japan, except they're kind of technologically advanced in a weird way (sighs) over other civilizations. They have like boats and... Caleb, are you sure? Because I'm like 95% (laughs) sure they're East Indian or like Middle Eastern or... They're they're definitely not Japanese. <laughs> you keep bringing up M Night Shyamalan's interpretation. He oh, just dang wanted, it. he wanted Fuck. to make them Iraq or Iran based, which is very strange. Why would you want to do that? Yeah, making a political statement in this state. But right? why? He's literally like yeah. I'm pretty sure he's from India or his family's from India. Yeah. So like, <laughs> why put a ne- negative stereotype on your own people when you don't have to? <laughs> uh, it hurts. It hurts. I'm sorry. I I will stop. (laughs) Okay. So they come across this ship uh, and Aang being the curious boy he is, he's like, ah, whatever. Let's go check it out. They jump in and of course they trigger a booby trap. So it shoots a flare off into the sky and then it zooms out a little bit. And guess what? There's a fire Navy ship that is circling around this ice village. Okay. And it's got two of the other main characters on the ship, and this includes uh, the prince of the Fire Nation, which his name is Zuko. He's a kid. He's like, I think it says he's 16 years old. Uh, he's got this giant scar over his eye, and he takes everything uh, way too seriously. Okay, so he's like, I must regain my honor. I must do this. He's like that kind of person. Okay. And he starts, he has a little bit of an exposition where he says that he's on the hunt for the Avatar. That is what his life mission is. He needs to find the Avatar. And alongside of him is a general of the Fire Nation, and it is his uncle, his uncle Iroh. And this character, everybody loves this guy. He's a short, fat dude who's just, like, so chill about everything. He wants just to eat food and play games and support his nephew, and he just doesn't care what's going on. He's just like, yeah, I'll do whatever you do. I'll just whatever. Dude, he gets so awesome. Oh, yeah, I, does yeah, he? Oh, he's awesome. He's, like... <laughs> One of my favorite characters of that show. Yeah, oh, he's 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 good like comedy at the beginning too. He shows oh, yeah. the, like the light hearted side of the fire. Well, and nation. he's the voice of reason in like oh, yeah. uh, 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 way full of just chaos and like trying to turn him down a different path, right? Yeah, and so now we know that there is this ship that's close by who saw this flare, and he's on the hunt for the Avatar, okay? Turns out they also saw that beam of light that shot up out of the iceberg earlier. So That's that's why they're here, probably. Yep, and he's like, that could be the Avatar. We might be getting signals here. Let's go figure it out, okay? Mm -hmm. So Katara and Aang get back to the fishing village. They saw that the flare went off, and the elders there are like, hey, frick you, dude. (laughs) You're causing chaos. We're trying to hide here, and you're just, like, signaling. Like, what's going on? And so they they legit just kick him out. And on his way out, he's flying away with Appa. um, And then all of a sudden, he sees the ship go right into the village. (gasps) They just come in, completely destroy the ice uh, village's defenses, and are like, hey, give us the Avatar. Like, we know he's here. And then Aang shows up and is like, 
hey, you don't hurt them, <laughs> right? And they're like, oh, well, there he is. There's the Avatar. And Aang gives himself up to the Fire Nation because he doesn't want the Ice Village to get hurt because he feels like he caused this. Freaking pacifist. Pass my fist through your face. <laughs> <laughs> this is when you start to see what Aang can do in his fighting skills. He has this, uh, he's got this staff that he uses <laughs> that folds out into a kite that then he can airbend around and fly around which is pretty oh. cool. Um, but he's like captured on this boat and he's just causing havoc by like beating up all the guards because he's just like good enough to do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and well, like, are, is, like, I could be wrong, but aren't his like arms behind his back all at the same yeah, time? Yeah, he's all, And he's just like doing all this crazy up. shit and just beating the shit out of everyone? Yeah. Oh, man, it's so uh, cool. And then he gets up onto the, the deck of the ship and Zuko's there. And Zuko's also pretty good, so he just freaking destroys Aang. He... He shoots him with a fire blast, and he goes flying off the edge of the ship, and he falls into the water and pretty much dies. Okay? Um, Yeah, so Avatar's dead. No. Uh, (laughs) But Katara and Sokka show up on uh, Appa to try to save Aang, but they see him fall into the water, and they're like, oh no, he's dead, what's gonna happen? It zooms in on Aang, his eyes and his tattoo start glowing again like we saw on the ice, and then all of a sudden he goes into this rage and starts like vortexing the water, shoots it up, and pretty much destroys Zuko's ship, and they all escape. <laughs> in my opinion, that's one of the most anime things about this show is yeah. like in a lot of shows when like you're pushed to your limits, you go into another state and just do like way more epic shit. And uh, this is me to my final form. Right. Yeah, I have it written as him going Super Saiyan. Yeah, I write yeah. it down because it pretty much is that he goes it into is. another form and he grows a bunch of hair and it's all spiky. <laughs> no, he's fully bald. He's Caillou all the way. Oh, that was level two from last episode. If you oh, oh yeah, Caillou, <laughs> last Airbender, and then <laughs> yeah, and then fucking One Punch Man. So Ang's level two. He's right above Caillou. Each day I bend some more. <laughs> <laughs> We can't sing the Caillou theme song twice in a row. It's just a banger. <laughs> it deserves to be yeah. heard. It's it's always on my uh, pre-drink playlist. <laughs> it just gets me so fucking hype. I like the Skrillex version of it. <laughs> I'm a big kid. Each day I... So, yeah, Katara wants to learn how to waterbend because she never got taught because all the adults left. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, what's up? This chick's name is literally a button on my keyboard. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Stop. Uh, for those of you who don't understand that joke, Zach always calls the control key Kataral. <laughs> it's the Kataral key. <laughs> Yeah, and the one right next to it is the Sokka key, so you're good. Yeah, that's right. They just named them based off the keys on the keyboard. Well, how about that? (laughs) It's just I'm hearing it every time you say it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but yeah, she wants to waterbend. Aang needs to learn how to waterbend because it's in the legends that he will master all four. All four bending styles. Exactly. So guess what? The only place they can go that they know there are waterbenders the North Pole. Oh, but they're in the South Pole. Yeah. Oh, no. That's such a long journey. Exactly. So they're in the South Pole. They got to go to the North Pole. So this season takes place with them traveling to the North Pole. That's the point of it. Okay. And their adventures along the way. Across the entire world. The whole wide world. (laughs) Flying on up. Get it. Water bending. (laughs) We're going to shoot some fire and create a spire what song are we on (laughs) i want to get a whole new world the whole the one of the most famous disney songs of all time zach (laughs) the whole wide world jafar was a creep jafar was a total creep (laughs) he basically raped a chick and everyone was kind of cool with it. <laughs> that should be the new Aladdin theme I guess I need to watch Aladdin again, because I'm blanking on that. I'm pretty sure he kidnaps uh, the princess at one point. Yeah, and, like, tries to force her to marry him. With those intentions? Absolutely. Yeah. They're a little more uh, old-fashioned that way. Like, I could be misremembering it, and if that's the case, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so, I'm going to go through some of their little adventures on the way the majority of the episodes i would say <clears throat> there's character development in them of course like they they grow as like a family together on the way and they oh. see some critical things but i'm gonna like 
jump around a lot because it's a lot of random little stops that probably don't necessarily need to be discussed, okay? The best bits. Very first episode, though, apparently Aang's old home was right next to where they were in the South Pole, okay? So the first stop, Aang's like, hey, I'm going to go see if my family's still alive. That's pretty cool, right? It's been 100 years, but maybe somebody I know is alive. Uh, I don't think Aang fully knows airbenders are dead at this point. So Sokka and Katara are like, yeah, let's let's go. uh, Let's go check it out. Uh, yeah it'll, it'll totally be fine right yeah it'll be cool uh and of course they get there and everybody's dead <laughs> and uh ang has this realization that oh shoot man i am the last airbender like nobody i know is alive anymore that's the show title Stop! you guys can't say that every time i say it <laughs> oh my god it gets me going every time he says the thing <laughs> You also find out at this temple about reincarnation. So there's this cycle of of avatars that uh, every time an avatar dies, they come back as a new person who has to learn to be the avatar again. But yeah, so uh, but it cycles through the different elements. So you have yeah. air right now, uh, but then when Aang dies, it'll be a waterbender, and then it'll be earth and fire. So oh, if you do that math, it turns you think that oh, the last avatar was actually a firebender, yeah. and you learn about him, and his name is Roku. Like the TV control. Oh, yeah, for TVs. So many options. All for free. (laughs) He's got so many options, dude. It's wild. No, but he he's like, Aang's like, I need to learn how to be Avatar. I need to talk to Roku. Roku's dead, but he's like, I'm going to try to figure out a way to communicate with his dead spirit. (laughs) So that kind of becomes Aang's goal on the way to the North Pole. He's like, I'm going to try to figure out how to be the Avatar. In the same episode, Zuka goes back to the Fire Nation to repair his ship, and you find out that he is actually banished from the Fire Nation, okay? And you're like, oh, why is that? Like, And it doesn't quite tell you, but you know he's not supposed to be there, and he's uh, he's on a quest to find the Avatar. So this explains why uh, he, he wants the Avatar so bad is because it'll make him unbanished, okay? Uh, so he's trying to regain his honor by doing this impossible task, pretty much, okay? I see. It also introduces an actual general of the Fire Nation who isn't banished. <laughs> his name is General Zhao, uh, and he is a complete douchebag. But uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's just full on military type. He hates Zuko because he's a kid and he's like, you're just a kid. You're banished. You're kind of dumb. And he's also like the avatar hunt is worthless and meaningless. But as soon as he finds out the avatar is actually still alive, he's like, oh, shoot, I want that job. Right. He's one of those co-workers who's like, that's a stupid job. And then hears about the pay raise and he's like, me, please. please. (laughs) Right. So I've been here longer, therefore. (laughs) <laughs> exactly so he's one of them okay so Zhao is like the big bad of this season pretty much so next city that the team ends up at is the city of omashu this is the earth kingdom's <laughs> capital city and they find the king there is an elder he's like over a hundred years old so it's already uh-huh. winking at like oh he was alive when ang was alive that's kind of weird Ang does a stupid thing where he slides down these freaking mail chutes in the town and he's trying to, he just always is trying to have fun and do stupid things and he gets in trouble. They get arrested by the king. My cabbages! Yeah, there's this guy who always has a cart full of cabbages that gets smashed into by a random thing and screams that he lost his cabbages. So, <laughs> I that's the kind of stuff in this show that I could do without. <laughs> Not a huge fit. Well, like, also, like, in action movies, often, like, people, like, quickly, like, break something and there's no repercussions, right? So I think it's a wink and nod at, like, the times when, like, there's, like, a chase scene and they break through, like, a cart of vegetables or fruits and nothing happens. But there's a guy there who's like, this is my livelihood! And it's always cabbages (laughs) and always this dude. You sent me back a month. More than that, man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This dude's got a lot of cabbages, man. You have no idea. (laughs) I can't sell them to the coleslaw man again. I can't. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Next step. This is an important episode. So they end up at this village. Uh, they they end up there because they look down and see that there's a scar in the forest, which is a weird thing. But there's just like this strip of land that is completely burnt to a crisp in the forest. And they're like, what is that? And they well, go down and check. Delicious. Yeah. Come on. They're like, what is that? So they go check the village nearby and it's a bunch of people who are like, yeah, every night this giant monster comes out and destroys a bunch of stuff and takes kids. Like, can you do something about it? And it's like, 
Oh yeah, spirit monster. Yeah, it's a spirit monster. So it's uh, uh, and you're like, okay, and Ang's like, yeah, I'll do that. That's no big deal. I guess it's the Avatar's duty to communicate with spirits because he's heard that <laughs> before or something, right? Uh, and so the monster shows up at night, and it's this freaking creepy frog panda giant thing with four arms and shoots rainbow lasers out of its mouth i can't describe it but it's actually legit <laughs> kind of creepy but it just shoots these lasers and destroys buildings and ang's running around like hey you you should stop <laughs> and he's trying to figure out how to communicate with it but he just can't nothing's just like pride power <laughs> just shooting rainbows <laughs> everywhere everything's becoming gay <laughs> no it's being destroyed <laughs> My cabbages can only be eaten by heterosexuals. Stop, please. <laughs> Cabbage no. man. Not there this time. Don't worry. He's not being destroyed. Okay. But in the in the kerfuffle, which I'm going to use that word and I'm going with it, yeah. uh, Sokka gets taken by the beast and runs into the forest. And Aang ch- flies after them because he's got his weird kite thing. And he tries to grab Sokka's hand. And then they disappear into the spirit world. And Aang fails. And Sokka's gone. Mm. So Aang freaks out and he's like, I failed. I don't know what to do. He returns to the village and then realizes he is a ghost. <laughs> at this oh point. my God. So, so, so wait, did, did he die? No. So Aang is in a weird meditative state that he didn't mean to go into, but he is now in the spirit realm, which is like a parallel universe where things that have died are roaming around and whatever. Well, that's pretty cool. And he's like, oh, maybe I can communicate to the spirit here, but he can't find it. All of a sudden, a dragon spirit flies out of nowhere and is like, hey, come with me. And he's like, what? Oh, I guess I a can't dragon, say I guess eh? I can't say no. You must be uh, important here. And the dragon brings him to a temple, a Fire Nation temple in the spirit world. So he's not physically there. And he shows him that he is actually the animal guide for Roku, the last avatar. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, and he's like, you have to, the dragon's pretty much like, you have to come to this place within the next few days during the solstice. And you, that's how you'll be able to talk to Roku. Hold on. But he's standing there. He's like, well, why can't I talk to Roku right now? Yeah. No, that's a question I had. It's apparently triggered by a solstice event that shines a light on a statue, which is stupid. And they're like, this is the only time you'll ever get to talk to him. But let me give you a hint here. They talk to him a lot later, so <laughs> I don't understand. But so <laughs> Aang now knows how to talk to spirits. So he comes back into the real world and that big giant monster comes out again. He's like, hey, I know you're sad about the forest, but like, can you stop? And then the monster's like, okay. And it turns into a panda and walks away. So uh, Aang's like, okay, we got to go to the Fire Kingdom. We got to go to this this island in the Fire Kingdom that has this temple in it so that I can talk to Roku. And everybody agrees and they, they go there. That's their next uh, mission, okay? Needless to say, they get into this temple. Some of the old, some of the Fire Nation people actually help Aang and the group get into this, like, it's kind of a safe almost. It's locked. It's like an avatar temple. I don't know how to describe it, but it's got it's got a giant metal door that you have to unlock with fire powers. So there's actually some allies in the Fire Nation for uh, Aang and the Avatar, which is interesting to see. Hmm. Uh, but he slips in and he ends up getting to talk to Roku. Well, there was this giant conflict outside the door and Zuko captures Sokka and Katara and looks like all hope is lost. But Aang slips in and talks to Roku and Roku tells him. Hey, dude, there's a meteor or a comet that's going to fly by the sky soon, and it only comes around the Earth once in a hundred years, so the last time it showed up was a hundred years ago, and that's the power that the Fire Nation used in order to start the war in the first place, and they're going to use it come next summer to end the war. So he's like, so avatars usually get like quite a few years to master all the techniques. You have a year to do it, so you have to do it now. Okay, so he actually is able to summon, he's able to go Super Saiyan specifically with Roku's power in that room, and he blasts out of the door, saves everybody, and they escape. Hell nice. Yeah. So, looks like my mom decided to mow the lawn, like you haven't heard it through this whole fucking episode. Yeah, it's a long, long, long job, but we're going to go ahead with the game anyway and get her done, okay? A long... Lawn job wearing long johns. Exactly. 
your mom's name is John, and she's... And we've been told that your mom, John, has a very long schlong, so... Yeah, your so your mom, John, with a long schlong, is doing a long lawn job... While wearing long johns. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow. Someone write that down. <laughs> Put that in a Dr. <laughs> Seuss book. <laughs> it's a podcast or something. And highlight the schlong part. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so I got a game. I'm running the game this time, but I decided to go with one that would get you guys talking a bit more than me because I've been talking a lot this episode. Are you guys ready? Sure. So we did the a few episodes ago, we did one where I gave you a title of an anime and then you had to come up with a pitch for me and you had to pitch your best idea and then I picked the best one. I like that one. Yeah, we're doing something very similar, except I'm kind of combining it with my character creation, where I have a list of settings, bad guys or problems, good guys, and then common tropes. And then you're going to have to create a story, including four things, or one of each of those things, okay? Nice. Okay. Sure. All right, so who wants to start first? Uh, yeah, sure, I'll go. Is a D10 a thing? Do you have a D10? Uh, Yeah, yeah, give me a second. Yeah. All right. Uh, 10. Okay, you are in the desert. Uh, eight. Okay, so the bad guy, your problem is that your best friend has gone evil. So the main character's best friend has gone evil. Uh, another one. Uh, so the good guy, your main character, is a high school kid. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, and your trope or gimmick is what I have here. And that's a five. The, the trope is there's always a bigger or badder enemy. So you have to incorporate that into your story somehow. So Zach, just to recap, they're in the desert. The bad guy is your best friend who's gone evil. The good guy is a high school kid. And the trope is always a bigger fish. Write me a story. Okay, I'm just going to go off the dome and just go as That's I what speak. Because there's guys. so many things off here. The dome. So, uh, Jay Steams is a high school student uh, in the desert. They go to Desert High. <laughs> desert uh, High. <laughs> They've been subjugated to a desert planet, so a lot of the high school is uh, talking about how to survive through it and stuff, and a lot of people over time have actually started uh, getting abilities where they can commune with the sand as if it's like its own being itself, so they're able to control sand. Pause. Uh, this is the game. Zach, now you have to take over from his story. Whoa! <laughs> This is not a competitive game. We are cooperatively. This is an improv game. <laughs> All right. So Jay Steams wishes he was one of those that could communicate with the sand. You see him in a couple episodes just out in the sandbox trying to. <laughs> and sure enough, his best friend, Harry Styles, is the <laughs> captain of the sand football league. He's the hottest guy, prom king. And he's actually one of the best sandbenders at school. Pause. You know, and a great Brody, singer. Brody, you take over now. <laughs> um, after Harry Styles uh, had a tragic event when losing three of his closest friends, he goes uh, kind of on almost like a solo vengeance tour uh, <laughs> where he, uh, he tries to make a name for himself, even though his three friends he, he cared about, but... He, He's uh, moving away from that, it seems. Uh, but as as uh, Harry Styles gets more and more powerful, he gets more and more corrupt. Ooh. And uh, Jay Steams uh, is seeing this in his friend, but their relationship is is hard. like being a guy it's sometimes hard to just be upfront with your friend especially if they're doing something that they think is good for them it's hard to like get in between them mm-hmm. yeah um so uh there there starts to be tension between them uh and then jay actually just goes rogue completely getting a group of uh, other desert nomads to uh bring <laughs> terror against uh, desert high okay pause um, wait you're saying harry styles does that yeah though. okay yeah. harry styles he's, does he's that. A, so what does jay do to this zach Oof. well jay understanding the rules of the universe knows that there's always a bigger fish <laughs> and he sets off his uh aviary of dubs on the roof he's an aviary kid wow uh, with the messages I need help. Come to Desert High. And just as Harry Styles is coming over the mountain, the dune, should I say, with all his nomads, sure enough, all this this cast of wacky, zany characters pours out of the high school. And they're like, <laughs> we're ready to bend some sand. Give me one of the characters. Oh, what, this guy's wacky. really good at putting it around his fists and then punching that way. 
and they can right. almost turn into like springy gloves. Like he can punch like four feet away from them really quick. Uh, <laughs> Brody, give me a ca- wacky zany character that pops out. <laughs> um, there's uh, a guy who completely encases himself in sand. Um, they like call a metapod. Him the th- they call him the thing. Uh, he <laughs> oh, you he, he just uh, he just takes damage. He's honestly not much of a damage dealer, though. He's more a of a yeah, a tank. So he like he he'll like jump in, like take a bunch of hits from people to protect his allies. But yeah, they all call him the thing, which is kind of rude. <laughs> okay, so Zach, so they're now attacking the school, and they fight back. Yeah, what, what goes down? Oh man! Well, I don't have the budget of a current Marvel movie, but <laughs> oh man, there's a guy who can like fling himself into the air with the sand, does a sick like roundhouse kick to some other guy, and then that guy just comically throws some sand in his face. He's like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> and then we move past, and the thing is like taking bullets from the nomads, whilst other guys are like shooting streams of sand into their eyes. And, <laughs> and what's Harry the... Styles doing? What kind of powers does he have? Oh, he's got his arms crossed on the top of the dune, just watching it all take place. Oh, no. we've, we've yet we've yet to see what he could really do. Brody, does he look like Harry Styles? <laughs> uh yeah, he looks exactly how you think Harry Styles would would look like. And uh, <laughs> on closer inspection, he's not just standing there; he's slowly bringing grains of sand against oh. his hands and sharpening them and refining them and sharpening and refining until he's got like these diamond claw hands <laughs> that he can oh just God. and he he jumps into the scene and just fucking stabs the thing through the heart because oh. he can get through the shell now because he's got diamond sharp uh, claws no, the and thing. the thing who's been protecting a bunch of his friends goes down and looks at Jay Steams and is like Jay don't let him take the school <laughs> and uh Jay Jay awakens his abilities finally oh, um, bringing torrents torrents of streams of sand all around him uh in like uh sand tornado-esque vibes Zach <laughs> I like how you're throwing it off to each other now. <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> oh, it's almost like Jay's powers are too powerful for him. So he's actually killing both sides with his tornadoes. They're flying into the air God. really aggressively. Their arms are actually cracking as they get picked up. Like oh. These are gale force winds, right? <laughs> and you can actually see Harry's a little bit scared. But he says, you can't stop me, Jay. You've never been stronger than me. It sounds like this. Right? Harry, I've never had to be stronger than you. You've always been my friend. <laughs> I'm the strongest. You know that. <laughs> Harry, strength isn't everything. Bonds can be more powerful than muscles. All right, so what are we calling the show? You guys can collaborate on something. Grains of trust. <laughs> Grains of Trust makes it feel like it's more of a, oh, like, a soap. Yeah. Well, we didn't so. see the first eight episodes where they were actually still friends, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it slowly true. withered away and broken like the sands of fucking time. I like Grains of Trust because it's grains of sand and he lost his trust in his friend. That's good enough. Grains yeah, of Trust. We got a giant-ass hourglass in a sandy environment. Maybe the school's behind the hourglass. And then the we have entire other faces. Earth is actually just an hourglass. Whoa! Whoa! Slow, slowly being poured through. And <laughs> hey guys, does, to this, does the out... sky look farther away today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. It's weird. <laughs> I can reach the edge of these but walls. As, <laughs> oh my god, as... As they're using the sand abilities, they quicken their depth into the underworld. Oh, man. And uh, that's a season two plot, right? That's the the bigger fish. Who cares about Harry Styles? We find out why they're in the hourglass at all. (laughs) Season four. They they were actually just shrunken down. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if a lighter, a leaf blower, a water gun, and a shovel were all in one device? (laughs) I present to you 
the Avatar. <laughs> and it's a freaking toy kids play with? Is that no, what no, it's me? a very handy tool on infomercials. <laughs> but with a water gun in it? <laughs> you can light stuff on fire. You can shoot your kids in the eyes. You can shove them. <laughs> When he says when he says water gun, he is talking about uh, like a pressurized water oh, gun. Shoot, so such it's like extreme. It's a yeah, weapon. Yeah, this is a real. You don't shoot well, your kids with this water gun. <laughs> yeah, it's, is it it's like one tool? But the tip is one of those pens from grade school where you can like flick in and out the colors. But it's one pen. You know? Whoa, you're so thinking like, of it that small? I was imagining this thing as a giant, like, rifle-sized thing with, like, oh, yeah, a shovel tip, and a bayonet. Oh. But the tip is Oh, and that, it just switches between them. Yeah, imagine digging into the ground with the water. shovel part of it, throwing it up and shooting it with the water and just launching it at somebody. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, Yo, a that's it's a tool. How much, how much does this cost, though, Zach? Is this going to be a pretty penny? Woof. Uh, fabrication alone. Oh, we're looking in the 400s. How many of them are there? Is this a one a single product? <laughs> well, we'll see how marketing goes. <laughs> but every time it breaks, we make a new one. That's how the Avatar works. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But it's got a 100-year uh, warranty, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a question for you, Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have uh, you been in production? How many, uh, how many sales have you made? What's your, well, uh, what's your average sales? Quite frankly, uh, the head of marketing, or the head of sales, should I say, yeah. it's a joint position currently, she's not up to smuff, she's showing up 15 minutes late, she's hired two people in the last two months, and they're not exactly mm-hmm. performing up to my standards. <laughs> you realize you're coming to Shark Tank, and you're telling me about your partner being like a fucking shitty partner, Hey, that's right? a valid Shark Tank tactic, Brody. Now... <laughs> Let me yeah. let me tell you what. This is why I'm I, on Shark I do Tank, have man. I do have some influences in the market that you're looking at. I'm I'm huge into Walmart and Target, um, and I think I think they would love that brand. Uh, I would need fifty one percent though. Um, uh, I've got a better yeah, deal. I need, I need I've got a better be deal the for main you, shareholder. I got right, a better let deal. Me, let me hear it. So I've got some ties with Amazon. Uh, so there you go. And I also am the producer of Nickelodeon. So mm, there you go. Mm. <laughs> so you're going to sell this to children? You sick fuck. No, he's going to market it with the Avatar face on it. And exactly. he's going to upcharge by 20 bucks. And we're all gonna Yeah, win. we can put the real marketing on it. How about we all make a deal together? Three-way shake? Um, I've done business with you before, Caleb. <laughs> uh, you're a terrible business partner. I'm just going to tell you this straight up, Zach. If you go with him, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go with you. And, and that's fine. That's fine. You're, you're, you're allowed to choose whatever the fuck you want, but he, he's useless. He's useless. This and on live, that right? note, Zach, I'm out. What? <laughs> uh, I guess uh, it's just me, bitch. And I'm taking 55% now. I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe I can do this on my own. You get a lot of publicity <laughs> when you're on this show, so I can probably do it myself. Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Yeah. <laughs> Done. I don't remember the Shark Tank theme song. Dun, 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 dun. As he's walking off. Dun, 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 dun. Man, he seemed like a real go-getter, didn't he, there, Caleb? Yeah, I really wish. Fucking don't look at me, you bitch! Oh. <laughs> Slaps him in the fucking head. That's the Shark Tank I'd watch. <laughs> Um, okay, so we got that time limit. So there's a couple more episodes where they're traveling. They're still going to the North Pole. They have to rush now because they have this limit. And then we have, we come to the storm. This is a crucial episode. In it, nothing really happens. They're low on money, so Sokka decides. This is a crucial episode, but nothing ever happens. <laughs> yeah, it's crucial, but nothing happens. No, uh, But Sokka goes out on a fishing boat. Uh, because they're trying to make money. And this is what I termed the flashback episode. So it explains a couple things that you might have been wondering. And it's explaining his time at, in the Air Nomad Temple uh, when they were first pushing him to become the Avatar. They they were like, we know you're the Avatar. You have to train. You have to train. And they just keep pushing him away from being a kid and just keep making him train. Uh, and he gets frustrated. He's a kid. But he does have one monk there who's his guardian, his dad, mm-hmm. uh, who's also one of the most powerful airbenders of all time. But like he he's like, no, just be a kid. Just enjoy your life. Just be a kid, right? And so Aang takes that to heart. But then the council of these air nomads gets together and they're like, you're dangerous to this kid because you're not making him take his job seriously. So we're going to separate you. No. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. And guess who overhears this this uh, decision? Aang. Aang. 
Aang does. Of course he does. So what does a kid do when they find out that everybody's trying to take away the things that they love? They run away. They run away. So Aang jumped on Appa and they flew away and they got caught in a storm and they went down. This is immediately. So he ran away and within the first day he went down and his avatar powers kicked in and he froze himself in a block of ice. So he ran away from his duties and then he was gone for a hundred years, which he thought was only a couple days. But now he's realizing how long he's been gone and he's feeling guilty because he thinks he abandoned his people. You're going to take my dad away? Well, I'll take myself away. Yeah. <laughs> well, he wasn't planning on like ignoring his yeah. duties. He was just a scared kid. And then he ended up yeah. almost dying. Like imagine not having any parents and then having one guy who truly likes who you are. And then that person being taken away. Like that's yeah. kind of shitty. It's like, hey, be a kid. And then they're like, no, don't. And we're going to take away anybody who tells you that. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Especially because they were monks. Right. Like you'd think that play is important because you know they need to be capable young people who understand emotions to another level yeah exactly so again uh (laughs) that episode had to do with the storm with Sokka going out on a fishing boat and Aang had to face his fear of storms because that's what knocked him down before and go save Sokka uh but in the meantime for some reason that storm made everybody sick so katara and sokka got a flu so they're after they're traveling for a bit they realize that they're all getting sick and need to just like stop and ang's fine but so he goes out to try to find a cure for them because they're like breaking up in, with a fever and they're like looking like they're gonna die Oof. and uh, while he's out there uh general zhao you remember the the douchey dude has apparently uh, taken up the task of now he's going to try to get the Avatar, (laughs) okay? He's going to take over what Zuko was trying to do because, like, he thinks it's possible now that the Avatar is real. So he hires a group of, like, pretty much snipers, but they're, like, they're they're archers, but they're, like, insane archers, and they actually get Aang while his friends are sick and they don't know where he is. So they, they capture Aang, he goes back to a temple, and he's locked up, and he's, like, just like trapped there forever you think right okay and then a new character appears it's a a dude in all blue he's wearing a blue spirit (gasps) spirit mask and he sneaks in infiltrates this this fire nation camp breaks out ang and it's this like insane action scene where he's just like killing everybody on his way and he gets ang out of there and they cooperate to get out and then in the last second, as Aang's running, uh, the blue spirit is what his name is. He gets blasted behind him and he gets knocked unconscious. So Aang runs over to oh, help no. him and his mask slips off and take a guess who it is. Guitaro. It's Zuko. <gasps> the fire prince. He broke him out of Zhao's keeping. I mean, probably for the reason that he wanted to capture the avatar himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And uh, Ang sees this and he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to help him. Right. And he goes to run away and then he feels bad and he grabs him and saves him at the last second. Nice. And then you get a scene where they wake up or Zuko wakes up in a forest with Ang sitting there and he's like, you know, back in my day, everybody lived in peace. I had friends in the Fire Nation. Do you think if we were around back then, we would have been friends? And then Zuko like shoots a fire blast at him and, and uh-huh. he just runs away. Jeez. Yeah. So you find out that Zuko, that definitely establishes him as like an anti-hero <laughs> in that mm. sense. Yeah, there's this bounty hunter chick that's introduced at some point. Uh, she's got this giant mole rat dog thing that can, if it hits you with its tongue, it paralyzes you for like Ooh, yeah. 10 minutes or something like that. And it's kind of terrifying, but it can it can find things stuff with its sense of smell and so they end up tracking them down and there's a fight and you actually see appa fight something the giant bison he like headbutts this freaking giant dog mole thing and it's pretty it's pretty cool it's a good little fight scene but and there's some more drama intertwined in there but you guys can watch it yourself if you want (laughs) oh throws it back at us so now they are in the north so we find the northern ice temple which is what they came for to learn water bending uh and here it's it's actually this big production they're like yay we're finally here and there's like water benders everywhere they like open doors by just melting ice in places and stuff and like it's a big spectacle of everything right and there's one thing here there's a princess with white hair who Sokka is immediately like enamored with her he's like oh uh-huh. man i want to marry her or whatever you know? <laughs> and they actually do hit it off and he doesn't he's kind of a 
quirky, weird dude, but she ends up liking him a little bit. Nice. Uh, it is revealed that she is engaged, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which sucks. So, yeah, I'll, that comes back up in a little bit. Uh, but they also find a great waterbending master. He's, like, the best waterbender on the planet currently. And oh, Aang and you. Katara go to him, and they're like, can you train us? And he's like, no. <laughs> Uh, specifically to katara because he's like women can't waterbend and uh, it's a whole sexist thing again and he and he's just like you're not good enough to be like a soldier and fight you have to use your water powers for healing go be a nurse right damn. he's like <laughs> he pretty much says that but uh, at the end of the episode katara gets really mad at, at this master dude and they actually fight each other and with what limited knowledge and the skills katara's picked up uh she's a lot better at waterbending by the end of the season does she hold her own yeah she does yeah. She holds her own against this dude, and they have this battle, and he's like, wow, you're actually a really powerful waterbender. And he's like, but you're still a woman, so I'm not going to teach you. <laughs> wow. And then he sees her necklace, and her necklace is apparently an engagement ring, uh, which she didn't really know about, but it was given to her by her grandma, and it turns out this waterbender is pretty much her grandpa. <laughs> And that changes his mind. So he's not any less sexist at this point. Nice. <laughs> he's just like, you're my granddaughter, kind of, so I'll train you now. Where'd you get that ring? Yeah. And just as that happens, soot starts falling through the air. Oh, no. And, you know, that they look out over the ocean, and there are hundreds of uh, Fire Navy ships approaching to this city. Uh, you find out that Zhao has amassed the greatest army of all in uh, in the Fire Nation, and they're coming to assault this to go kill the Avatar. Oh, no. Oh, and shoot. within that group, he also recruits the uncle, Uncle Iroh, to come in and be one of his like leading uh, generals. And Iroh's like, hesitant about it first, and then uh, Zhao ends up trying to kill Zuko. <laughs> oh, shoot. And uh, Zuko pretty much almost dies, but then goes into hiding and is secretly planning to infiltrate the Water Temple at some point. So you have that knowledge there. So the Fire Nation is here. Zuko's hiding, and the rest of the Fire Nation doesn't know he's alive. So that brings us to the finale, which is called the Siege of the North. <laughs> There's some pretty dramatic names here. But it's pretty much the Fire Nation firing these freaking catapult fireballs at the wall and destroying their walls. And, like, it's a siege that lasts a few days. and But every night, the moon rises, and the the Fire Nation knows that the water benders get more powerful with the moon. The moon and the sun, like, influence yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff. Astrology. I'm a Taurus, so therefore... Yeah, so <gasps> you're stronger at nighttime. I know that. That's why I only go to the gym at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so they stop at nighttime. And then when day comes again, they, they start shooting again. But at over one night... Uh, Zuko sneaks into the water temple and now he's in there. He, he, he does it pretty epically. He's got to go through some like underwater tunnels and hold his breath for a few minutes and stuff. But yeah, he sneaks in there. Is he dressed as Zuko or as the blue spirit? Uh, oh, is he as the blue spirit at this point? I didn't know that. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. I'm, I'm asking you. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm none not of sure. us are sure. Go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <so. laughs> But in the meantime, in the Water Temple, everybody's prepping for a war, right? And Aang is trying to figure out what to do. I didn't get any training. Yeah, and he's like, well, I got to talk to Roku. I got to go into the spirit world and talk to him, right? Yeah, apparently that's how it works now. I don't know. But they find this temple in the water village or whatever and there's a pond and it's like a really peaceful looking area it's like a meditation center or whatever yeah. and in the pond there they've there's like yin yang fish swimming around and stuff like a, a white koi pond. Yeah, little koi pond yin yang fish yeah like one's white one's black and they swim around each other in a circle okay yeah 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 there's okay. no symbolism <laughs> to that but ang um, goes into a meditative state and goes into the spirit world and he goes to look to talk to Roku about what to do next. And while he's in this meditative state, Zuko shows up. But guess what? Aang can't hear anything because he's in the spirit world and he's somewhere else entirely. So Zuko oh, ends up no. fighting Katara and he wins against her. And then oh, he, no. he takes Aang and he just leaves with him. Oh. Yep. He just puts him over his shoulder and leaves. Uh, in the spirit world, however, Aang is figuring out he's got to go through this weird trial with a face-stealing demon. It's such a strange little thing, but this demon tells him that, like, hey, the spirits that are powerful enough to beat this siege are actually 
in the water temple. <laughs> and these spirits are the spirit of the moon and the ocean, which are intertwined and are important for each other in general, right? And this was where you're learning about a lot of the spirit-based power level stuff, right? Um, and he's like, okay, well, where could that be? Like, what, what would that be? And he's like, oh, the koi pond. Those two fish that are swimming around are the spirit of the ocean and the moon. No way. So he's like, I got to get back to my body. So he goes back to his body, and guess what? It's not there. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Katara and Sokka are chasing Zuko to try to stop him from, like, just full-on stealing Aang. And then Aang finds his body somehow. It doesn't really explain this, but Aang wakes up. And they fight off Zuko and pretty much take him down. Tell you. And he's laying face flat in the snow, and he's, like, unconscious. And Aang's like, oh, well, we can't leave him there. Because, of course, he's the hero, and he's got to save the villain every time, you know? But while they're out in the snow, Zhao so shows up at the pond, actually, because that's where he thought the Avatar would be. And he sees these fish, recognizes that they're the spirits, and picks one up out of the water. And the whole visuals, everything goes red because now the moon spirit is in danger, okay? So the moonlight shifts to red. Um, <clears throat> the uncle shows up and he's like, "Don't you don't want to do that. Everything's in a balance because it should be in a balance. And if you do that, you'll ruin our powers too. And Zhao doesn't care and he shoots the fish and kills it. And, so no! the, and now everything goes black and white because the moon is now dead. There's no light in the sky and everything is just like yeah <laughs> like that oh. um Crazy. needless to say ang goes super sane level two is that something that happens in dragon ball yeah dude <laughs> he goes super sane level two and he actually melds with the ocean spirit and turns into a giant water godzilla <laughs> cool. and pretty much completely destroys the ships uh the fire nation ships that are on the the shore and he just like drives them off and he also takes Zhao, pulls him up into the air and then pulls him deep into the ocean and kills him right. and then there's some stupid plot line about the princess being part moon goddess and she melds with the moon and brings the spirit back <laughs> in all fairness you're saying it's stupid but also it's less stupid that a fish does it yeah no it's true yeah she's got white hair <laughs> apparently because a fish saved her life as a baby and so she's got part of the moon goddess energy in her and so she sacrifices herself to bring back the moon. So the fish selfishly saved her because it was like, when I die, you you'll be able kill to yourself. kill yourself <laughs> to bring me back. Yeah, just some insurance for the what future. What a psycho fish. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out. It worked out. Now, um, Buddy had a huge crush on her. Oh, yeah, Sokka did. They oh, were like, no, they were in love. The so, one. yeah, no. he, he was really sad about her dying. But he sad was like, I mean, I guess it was her destiny, right? Like, I guess. Sokka's a champ. He's yeah. a goofy character, but like, he means well. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. He's hanging out with like an incredible airbender and a pretty good waterbender, and he's got a fucking boomerang. Oh, yeah, that's so. the weapon he uses as a boomerang. But that would have been nice to know. <laughs> he's the only australian yeah what's a fit looking sheila like you doing in these parts (laughs) but uh yeah so that's the end they are all happy because they faced off the the fire nation and now they're going to learn water bending and it all is well and it zooms to the fire temple where the fire lord is extra angry and he's like well zhao and zuko failed so now it's your turn and it's revealed that Zuko's sister is now the next bad guy for the next season. Oh, yeah. Uh, spoiler, she's a fucking bitch. Yeah, oh. no, I could tell just from her face, Brody. <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah. Sometimes yeah. you can just tell. Yeah. Also her voice. Yeah. Yes, father, I'll do whatever you say. I'll bring the avatar to you. <laughs> it's just like, fuck off. Is this the witch from Hansel and Gretel? <laughs> <laughs> I will lure them into a house with candy and sweets. <laughs> Hey, Avatar, you like gingerbread? (laughs) I will eat you and your sister, too. (laughs) Now, seeing as this is uh, anime adjacent show and you're not usually the one running it, um, what would you give this show out of one of it? out of 10 one being exactly how you expected it if not a little worse uh and 10 being uh, actual good watch that yeah. you would recommend to others i'll watch the second season of my own volition uh i'll give it a seven oh, pretty okay. high it's, it's a it's a good show again it's got a lot of the typical anime tropes in it like there's one scene where 
Aang sees a custard pie and his eyes go enormous on his head and his mouth starts watering and he kind of floats towards it. And like stuff like <laughs> that always takes me out of it. I hate that kind of stuff in cartoons. So like oh, that yeah. draws me out. Yeah, I, I get that. But like, um, sorry, people are creating fire out of nothing in that show. Yeah. It's just the weird change in animation styles. It's yeah. It's He's the things that take you out of these shows, Caleb, that shock me every it's time. Just, it's the style. Like, Crazier shit is happening. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I'm fine with the established world, but then just like yeah. the overexpression of certain things. I'm just like, ugh, yeah. ugh. It's almost slapstick. It's almost slapstick, and I'm not almost a fan slapstick, of slapstick. But it's not. So. If it was farts the entire time, it'd be one thing. Yeah. But he's smelling a pie. Like, I, don't know. <laughs> I get what you're saying. But yeah, it's yeah, fine. It's a good show. It's a good story. The characters. It's very lighthearted. I would definitely recommend people check it out if you don't if you haven't seen it it's it's decent especially if you're like me and you don't you're not a fan of anime this is a good like maybe i'll try out an anime this is a good like yeah what do you call starter pack a gateway anime it's like the marijuana anime the marijuana (laughs) is not a gateway drug (laughs) that's what they all say tell that to heroin addicts yeah tell Tell that that to heroin addicts (laughs) thank you so much for listening uh we've had uh, a great time chatting about this show uh, and I, we hope that yeah. you've had a great time listening to it. Uh, if you get a chance, go check out our Twitter, uh, rate us on iTunes or Spotify, uh, or really anything. Anything helps. Uh, share it to friends. We're still we're still a growing podcast, so anything uh, would really be appreciated. I just want to say, Caleb, you did a really good job. Oh yeah. Well, thanks. You, uh, I was I was invested. Yeah, yeah. I was with the characters. I feel like I didn't allow for enough jokes, but that's okay. <laughs> Oh, we, had, we had jokes. <laughs> kind of went on the roll. There was times when jokes left the room, but that's fine. <laughs> There's always time when jokes can leave the room. Uh, okay, I just want to mention that we might be switching to a bi-weekly schedule instead of every week, just because I do a lot of the editing and it takes a lot of time, and I have a thesis that I'm writing and I'm trying to graduate right now, so <laughs> putting a little bit of focus on that for the time being, so just letting everybody know to not maybe not expect one every <laughs> Thursday. Yeah. Whatever. You're the one who loves anime, so... <laughs> no, I'm the one who likes the Toronto Weppers. Oh, yeah. You I know what you're talking about. Um, Zach, Zach, uh, what's our intro? Uh, I don't know. It's like this song by some kind of well-meaning children. <laughs> okay, I'm going to cut you off right there. It's a uh, Good Kid. Uh, they're... <laughs> It's Down with the King by Good Kid. Uh, it's been our intro song for 10 episodes, and uh, we're still loving it just as much as ever. Go out there, listen to them, let them know that you heard it from us. Um, yeah, hit us with it. All right, hit so me. Zuko jumps down, he's all serious, and he's like, I've spent years preparing for this encounter, training, meditating, and you're just a child. And Aang's like, well, you're just a teenager. And then Sokka looks <laughs> down to the ground, he's like, I'm just a guy with a boomerang. I didn't ask for all this flying and magic. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Love ya. Love you so much. Anime not be for everyone. But I guess it's for you. For you.